1: free way to get started this got a content creation tool allows you to record it at the podcast right from a phone that's right don't even need a computer but you can do it there too they'll also help you distribute it which is probably the most challenging part you don't want to have to mess with that they got you covered you can get it right on a spotify and apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found and you know what you can monetize it too Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. I'm Pat Nevin. This is Ali Riley. Hi,
2: this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek And you're listening to the London is Blue podcast
0: Welcome back Chelsea fans To another episode of the London is Blue podcast Your home for all things Chelsea FC Dan, Mike, Nick and myself Cover all the match reviews from the latest Chelsea matches We cover the team news And even throw you some exclusive interviews Thank you already for being an awesome listener And you know what? Let's jump right in And we're back, Chelsea fans, with part two of this week's podcast. And uh, for those of you that are going to be in Boston, we're actually arriving today to to meet up and and hang out at the Banshee. We've got Nick, Dan, and Mike with us on the podcast. And we're just so happy to have Nick, Dan, and Mike in Boston with us. Uh, Mike, you are going to be traveling the furthest alongside Dan but I bet you're pretty excited about tonight, huh?
2: Uh, I cannot wait
3: to uh, see Nick's blue beard.
0: That's
2: hey, that's why yeah. I'm traveling to Boston.
3: Ready to go? It's ready to go. I'm not oh, making a really? big deal. I'm not making a big deal out of it. It's fine. I will. Are you doing it yourself? or Are you getting help? Uh, no, I, I actually had to. I, I had no idea how to go about this process, so I had to go watch a YouTube video. But I think I'm. I think I'm prepared. It has some. Uh, some like chalk powder stuff I had to buy on Amazon, but I think we're going to be all right. All right. Well, it better work. That's all I have to say. Uh, hey, I'm attempting it. If it doesn't fucking work, everyone can get over it, but at least I'm going to give it a go.
0: Look, Dan's practically a local, so he'll take us to a barbershop, and we will get it done. Am I right, Dan?
1: We'll find someone. And again, uh, going to the home of champions in the hope that this visit God. to America this is will set up... And stage Sufferable. a European Championship for the club in the coming weeks. So, uh, you know, just a little bit of that Boston Championship magic rubbing off on Chelsea.
0: Hmm. Right. All right. Well, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Part Two, uh, this is all about your questions that you get to us. So, if you want to get your question guaranteed to be answered, you got to send it through Patreon uh, or the Discord server. Otherwise, feel free to take your chances on social media. And email as always. So right away, Mike. We always let you kick off part two because you were muted in part one. So uh, Derek on Discord asking which flavor of non-fat frozen yogurt best represents this season. Yeah,
2: I, I know what you're doing, Derek. And uh, <laughs> non-fat frozen yogurt tastes like shit. So the answer is that <laughs> this this season tasted like vanilla ice cream. Not not the best flavor at times, but it was delicious, delicious ice cream, and we achieved what we needed. So you know. Uh, I will pass on the frozen yogurt, and uh, yeah, it's not that bad. Custard
3: gelato? No, no, it's like an off-brand vanilla ice cream. It's like we didn't <laughs> we didn't get it done ourselves. Someone else had to like do it for us, so we're not even like the Breyers. We're like the best choice. Blah.
1: Oh, so it's it's the store brand. Yeah,
3: exactly. One hundred percent. It'll get the job done. It's no. ice cream technically, but. It's yeah. yeah. It's pretty underwhelming, I think, is it's safe to say.
0: Like you need toppings to really make it worthwhile. <laughs> um, all right. Well, you know what? Let's just uh get into the, the nitty gritty of this one. Right away, Big Nash asking about expectations for next season. Uh so Nick, Big Nash asks, Does being the best of the rest give us a platform to build for next season?
3: No. <laughs> Why not? It doesn't. It doesn't. I mean you, you would you would look at You know, the top two are likely to remain the top two next year. And then if you look at even like all the way down to Wolves, I think all of these teams are basically kind of on a a similar level right now. I mean, you look at uh, United having just a horrific end of the year. You look at Arsenal falling really, really flat, uh, having a chance to redeem themselves against us in the Europa League, but just not not really getting the job done for the fourth consecutive year, or whatever Uh, Spurs completely capitulating in the league and finishing below us somehow. And then us potentially losing Ed hazard and having a a ban uh, the summer. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Um, I don't, you know, you don't know about the manager, Dan, you don't know about, you know, some kind of key decisions. Like there's just a lot, uh, I wouldn't call that a platform to launch off of. I think it's just trying to study the ship right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there is such a gap between what I would say are, are almost complete—they're completed projects, right? Man City entered into a project, investing multiple hundreds of millions of pounds to completely overhaul a squad and bring on a new manager, and get to a point where they now have won the domestic double in the Premier League, which is a feat unto itself. And uh, as one of the clubs who have done that before, we know how difficult that can be. And then on the other hand, we have one that is going to its second Champions League final in two years, and it's not a La Liga team, it's not a Spanish side. And if you go from there to then what's next, and obviously Tottenham are most likely going to be absolutely demolished by Liverpool um, you know we made it to the Europa League final which again it's two English sides who are there Um, so it might also talk about the regression in other parts of international football but ultimately like the the quality gap is huge right now Mike and I, I while I would like to say that it's brought us closer to having an idea of what we can do to be competitive because we can see what's working in those teams that are being successful right now, I don't think it's necessarily a foundation that is so very solid that it's absolutely a springboard.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's tough the way I look at it and I'm going to be a little bit more positive is that we had a pretty, we had a pretty rough season and, um, I choose to believe that the ban will be appealed and that we will have a summer transfer window so that ideally, um, we can get players for the positions that we need, and that we will be upgrading. I think the difference is, is that you know, you look at a Liverpool side, and you're going to say, "How do they improve?" You look at our side; um, it's very easy to point to very key areas in which we can improve. So, I would hope that we could make improvements. Um, you know, as far as you know, Europe and competition there, I still think that. What we're seeing is that the Premier League is one of the toughest gauntlets for teams to run and kudos to City and Liverpool for, you know, putting up 97, 98 points. Um, but I, I do think that the the teams that struggled in the top six this season, I think they will be back and they will do better. I cannot imagine that that Tottenham will go through another summer transfer without signing anyone. Um so I think that it's going to be very difficult for Liverpool to um, to achieve what they've achieved this year. Um, I think they've had a huge opportunity and they have dropped the ball. Um, I think we will do fine. We know who our manager is going to be, unless something massive happens. But it's going to be sorry. Hopefully, we'll have players to sign, Nick.
3: I don't. I don't think. I don't know if that's a hundred percent, man. I, I don't. It's not a hundred percent, but. I, I don't know. Well I mean
2: Do you think that would it be coming from the club or would it be coming from him? Do you think he says, you know what, I've had enough of the garbage. I've you know, let me drop the mic and walk away? Or is this you think e- that either could happen.
3: Either could happen, honestly. Like think about I mean, if if Hazard leaves or he, you know, there's more attrition or we can't sign anyone, like it's not an attractive Position for him to stay in. Um, and, you know, I think there's also the possibility that the, you know, the bridges that were burned earlier this year are, are still there. So I, you know, it's, it's, there's, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily like he's the favorite to stay right now. I would actually put it less than that.
1: Well, okay. We, there's a, there's the positivity we were looking for uh, yeah. in the
3: answer. We'll have to see. I mean, Potch is already threatening
0: Tottenham. Um, so United is, spiraling. Arsenal, I think a lot of what happens with them in the Europa League final, obviously, will be a huge indication. Um, and then, you know, Liverpool and City are going to be Liverpool and City. So I I still think that having Champions League football is is super important. Um, what has to happen is all decisions need to be made now. So that way, whatever way we do, if we stick or twist with Maurizio Sari, just do it. And be done with it. This whole dragging Antonio Conte out into the end of the summer nonsense, like refusing to pay a transfer uh, for, uh, you know, the coach at Napoli with uh, De Laurentis, it's just, it's nonsense. And that kills the entire momentum of a summer. And again, we're still waiting for the CIS um, uh, judgment on the transfer ban as well. So, Chelsea need to have a decision made as quickly as possible. Unfortunately, everything is going to be dependent upon that transfer ban, registration ban happening or not. So again, the club are driving it as fast as they can to try to get a decision. But um, yeah, we kind of have to sit on our hands and wait on that one, unfortunately. At Twin CFC says, where could could youth or loan players fit into the system next year? And who do you think is ready? Realistically, interested to hear your thoughts on Ampadu. Uh, as a backup regista or even a right central midfielder, assuming center back is Zuma, Christensen, Rudiger, and Louise. Dan, what do you think specifically on those three? I mean, you really can't call Zuma and Christensen youth players. So I guess you can talk about Ampadu and maybe anyone else from the the youth or lone army you think are ready to go.
1: Well, I, mean, I guess you could call them returning players or part of the lone army. I, mean, I won't call them youth, but you're right. we should call them part of the lone army i think it's really interesting to see you know how long does it take rudiger to come back from his injury how much does that potentially impact him obviously a second major uh, knee leg related injury in his career now zuma has looked very, very impressive in the last run of games that he had for Everton. So much so to the point where they would like to sign him permanently. So that should tell you something that, and that is also an Everton side that did a really nice job of shutting up Arsenal in their final game of the season. Um, Luis is going to be back till 2021 and got a two year contract because we don't know what's happening with the ban and the registration issue that we run into. So Apadu very undermined by his own body and the amount of injuries that he kind of had to manage through this season, which didn't make it difficult for him to get in. Uh, Frank Lampard did an interview for, Uh, I think it was the Sky Sports or BBC where we were talking about how we'd love to have some of the Chelsea loanies back like uh, uh, Tomori. So that might be an interesting if if he kind of returns back there, doesn't come back into the main side. So there's a lot of question marks about it, Nick. And I just think in general, some of these questions are going to be really hard to answer heading into what is certainly going to be really determined on what happens with CAS, what happens with the ban? Because until then, like we we currently are looking at two roads, and none of them are for, fully formed or materialized.
3: Yeah, I mean, you make a good point there. I think the the you know the couple that I would potentially look at outside of you know the names here would be you know it's going to be interesting to see how Callum comes back from his injury. You know, I think we we said it a couple of weeks ago, but my hope is that he doesn't rush back because we we just don't we don't need him to get hurt again. And that's a, that's a devastating injury to go through twice. So you'd hope that he takes his time. Uh, You know, obviously Ruben's shining right now Um, thinking about uh, Tammy, uh, you know, potentially coming back as a, as a second striker or something like that is really interesting to me. Reese James is obviously the name on everyone's tongue right now, how he fits in at right back and, and, you know, maybe what we do there if, if, you know uh dave moves into center back you know there, there i think there are just a lot of combinations that you could think about um but it's going to be interesting i mean certainly Ampadu is the guy that i think was maybe um the hottest name on our on our minds coming into the season just from a an academy perspective and and really had a rough go of it this year so Uh, look for him to bounce back next year get healthy and and start you know being that leader on the pitch again Mike
2: yeah it's tough um I unfortunately injuries you know we have two great center backs with you know ACL issues and history and you know Ampadu himself when you play that hard it's hard not to pick up injuries so overall I think I I would love to see us actually bring in someone else I, I look at At Louise being put in kind of as the Cahill role of if he needs to play he can if not let's hopefully have him as a leader but um, I know Kurt's finished out strong but until Kurt and Andreas can find some real uh, consistency we are going to have some we're going to have issues at center back.
1: Well, well, so what what's like the definition for consistency for Zuma this season? Like I I just you know obviously Christensen has played on played off has had some injury issues this season but like what would you define as the definition for like consistent
2: you know kurt Kurt is known i mean he is a little bit in from watching him in the past and now is that he plays a bit like louise he he has mistakes in him um at times he has trouble with his distribution and can be a point in which you can press Difficult, you know, or you can press um, on in the back and, and he turns over the ball uh, again. I mean, it, Dan, it's easy to just say, Hey, there's a lot of people out there, and you know, this is what's going to go on. But these, these are not world class center backs, not a well, single I, one of them are. So, I, and, unt- it, until, think- we, until we bring in a Van Dyke or another center back that is in his prime and is at the top of his game, we are going to have concerns in our back line, especially when people are either injured, have histories of injuries. I, I mean, I still think you can argue that Zuma's still not quite where he was before he he had his knee injury.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess he didn't start 32 games in the Premier League this season and unseat someone who's a permanent signing for Everton because he wasn't good enough. Like, I mean, I think we need to just probably... Even honestly, well, honestly, admit maybe as a group, like I don't, I probably didn't watch more than a combined three to four games of Everton this season. Like, and I don't imagine any of us did with the amount of time we invest in like watching Chelsea. And like, I don't, like, who then would be this center back, this mythical center back we would go out and sign as the replacement? Because what we've seen this season is Louise gets to be the ball player, the carry forward, and Rudiger has really been the safety blanket safety net and yes he does have I would imagine to say from the very little bit I've seen of Zuma this season better distribution but you know Zuma also contributes in goals Zuma you know looks to be fit in a way that he wasn't um and you know he's even getting national team call-ups again so like all of these things are signs to me that point to there being something there that we can potentially build on and I guess I, I wouldn't want to be so that's
0: what you're talking about it's potential Could would be ready made i mean delict is the big name right now but i don't think you see too many not other ready made either okay but my, yeah but yeah but the point is like i mean van dyke who is like imperial and and like commanding i don't like no no names really popped to my mind and i haven't really thought about it but with the other thing with zuma though you have is that um one way or another he's It's a it's you consider it a successful loan with the amount of starts and minutes and experience he's gotten. It's successful because either a he's now closer to playing for Chelsea or b he can command a higher transfer fee when we do want um, if we do want to cash in on him and invest it into someone else. So I think either way uh in zuma just in isolation it was a really 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 good season for him which also makes a really good season for chelsea so we'll just have to see which way it pivots um i think the center back is gonna be a harder position to break through nick everyone's excited about reese james because aspie's wavered a little bit i mean geez the guy played all but i think 15 minutes in the premier league this season i think people are interested to see how um
3: you know, Reese James could compete for that position. It, it also depends on the system, though, right? Like, if if we're playing the same system that we played this year, and maybe that's the assumption we're all under, then I don't think a guy like Zuma makes a lot of sense in that system, personally. I, I just don't think that there's enough there from a distribution perspective to make him valuable. Um, but if we're playing in a different system where our center back's going to camp out a little bit more and we're able to, Um, you know, have a little bit more of an aerial threat and, you know, things are different Then, of course, you know, the whole thing changes, right? Like it's, it's just, there is not enough known to really commit to this. I think you look at your Tammies and your Reese's and a Mason Mount potentially, and you know, the form that Ruben's been in. And if Callum can get back, like there's a solid five right there outside of uh, Ampadu and Zuma who could potentially impact our team next year um, based whether or not we're able to sign people or not, it's just, I, you know, I think it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's a good question to ask from twin CFC, but my contention is going to be until we have an idea of the philosophy and we know whether or not we could sign people or not. It's kind of a, just a, an exercise for us to argue about. Right? (laughs) It's it's speculate, not argue, right? Speculate. Come on now. All right.
2: Better to be in this position with them from a youth perspective we now than we have been in previous years so if we can't buy people we have some potentially usable people so i think that's an overall win for the club
0: yeah you gotta hope so uh this is one that'll get us ex- excited for sure at tofa wayne on twitter saying unpopular opinion chelsea could have used Sitch after christmas well of course you could Topher. <laughs> how is was that unpopular? I think it's, it's not unpopular yeah, I mean, it's like, at all. As everyone's sitting here being like, "Wow, I appreciate William and Pedro so much this season." Like that just didn't happen. There was a lot of inconsistency behind it. Uh, even at Misaleta, uh saying, "Given how hot and cold Pedro can be, and how bad William has been," again, opinions. What are your realistic expectations for Christian Pulisic next season? Uh, I tell you what, he has had a fantastic end to the Bundesliga season, Nick. I know there's a lot of concern that he was dropped and injured around the middle of the season. Uh, you know, and they're talking, oh, Jaden Sancho has knocked him out of his place. Uh, uh-uh. uh when Christians fit, he is not nailed-on starter for that team who finished second in the Bundesliga this season. And again, they're not—they're not done yet. They still have one more game. Ex- yeah, potentially ex- still winning. That's so
3: true. I, I mean, your 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 point is is valid, right? So he, he clearly had a rough start to the year. And I think Sancho's emergence kind of, you know, there's only so many places on a football pitch. So uh, he kind of fell down the pecking order, but at the end of the year, when they needed really important goals and they needed assists, he's, he's definitely come back in the fold. And if you think about the league form of William and Pedro this year and the inconsistency there, if Christian Pulisic comes in and plays even, you know, let's call it, in 70% of the matches as a substitute or as a starter and has seven goals and seven assists. And he would have outperformed uh, Pedro and Williams average since they've come to Chelsea. And I don't think that's a necessarily crazy expectation for him.
1: So here, here's the one narrative thought that I'm having as we talk about this. If Christian Pulisic comes in, in during January, when he signed in the winter transfer window does Callum hudson adoy get the amount of minutes or opportunities that he was afforded leading up to his injury? Because my thought would be is that most likely that would not have happened. And so then, you know, he doesn't get injured, which would be a good thing, but he probably ends up leaving in the summer um, to go to a different team or is frozen out a little bit. So things happen for a reason. And yes, if it could just be you got Polisic in a bubble and then nothing bad happened to other players, that would be great. But, like, there's a domino effect to everything that happens, Brandon. And so I think as it stands, yes, it would have been great to have Polisic, but I'm not upset that Adoy, in the absence of another individual, got a great opportunity and a, a platform to kind of show that he can compete at this level.
2: Well, you, you got to take that one step further, too, in which... Um... With Callum's injury, it kind of gives Pulisic a chance to have an early run of games without people having to, you know, decry him getting a, a chance over Callum. So it, it's going to allow us both both young talents to see what they are, what they can do, without necessarily um, bumping each other out in the early in the early set of next season.
0: Yeah, I mean, competition is good. It'll always come down to are William and Pedro still there? at the beginning of the season i i think it's obviously you'll definitely have one it just depends on again transfer ban reitzer sorry all that stuff i would like to think that one of the two will be there but not both um but it it really just kind of depends on squad makeup oh shit oh and ed nazard staying wow there it is i like how it all comes back i think um yeah, Eden, what a failure to not score in his last ever match for Chelsea in the Premier League. I mean, just shambolic, really. God. I have to let him, him right off in the distance uh, on his own. But he, he it's funny. So at the Banquet Awards, Dan, Eden did say someone yelled out, sign the contract, and he said, where's a pen? Jokingly, obviously. Uh, he said his decision is made up, but he hasn't made it public Um like, what is your percentage that he's going this summer, regardless of transfer ban or everything that could happen? New manager, all that
1: stuff. Yeah. And we we touched about this a little on the first episode of the week. So if you haven't listened to that, head back to Monday's episode. But I mean, once a fee's agreed, he'll go. And But do you think it'll get I agreed? Think, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, we've shown that we were able to work with Real Madrid before. We've done it with Courtois and we... We're able to get and negotiate the loan for Kovacic, and you know we will probably get this over the line. And again, I, I'm not concerned that two footballing entities can't get together and make a deal. I just hope that it's not you know a, a massive reduction in price to get Kovacic back into the the team on a permanent deal. I would <laughs> I would much rather the narrative uh, that maybe a a Luka Jovic is potentially a target of Real Madrid, and if we're unfrozen from registering players, that maybe they give us that free line of sight, that clearance to go sign him, and they won't touch the deal if we shave a little off the top of the price for and Hazard. And I think that's, you know, again, big businesses find a way to get things done, and I imagine, Nick, that they will ultimately get the deal done and over the line and we will have you know one more opportunity two for us potentially if he plays in boston but i wouldn't risk it um but potentially two opportunities to say goodbye the final whistle on hate and then the europa league final
3: 95 percent he's gone Uh, it's the the quotes that we talked about in part one don't make it seem any better or any more likely that he stays and you know again real madrid have their own problems, but negotiating for top tier talent is not one of them. (laughs) Like they're, they're very, very good at what they do for a reason. And, uh, look, we, we all admit this. We're not in the position of power here. (laughs) We're, we're, we're not. So, Mike, I, you know I know you've been holding out hope the most, but uh, it's, uh, I think it's pretty much a done deal at this point. I, I
2: think the quote says everything we need to know. Um, if he had made up his decision, uh, he would have been able to find um, a pen, and uh, you know so he's waiting to see, in my opinion, if uh, you know Madrid will reach that 100 million whatever plus evaluation, and then he's, he's off to. Spain so
0: at least he's done it respectfully overall I mean I know he's had some quotes that have annoyed us but I think he's been patient he hasn't ruffled feathers so uh, at least you know he didn't pull a Courtois is all I'm saying (laughs) so speaking of Kovacic Remy on discord asks "Uh, hey I was wondering what you guys think of Kovacic I watched the game yesterday and was quite disappointed with his play and this is the second leg of the Europa League just for context poor passing and it seemed to lack confidence so i was wondering if you think he'll still be a starter next season and what his role will be in Sari's side if Sari and kovacic stay of course (laughs) but nick i think you can say that kovacic is no longer a starter rubin has taken that third slot you know that kovacic occupied for the majority of the first half of the season um but as far as Kovacic overall goes, we've already had one slanderous comment. Are you going to make another?
1: Whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Slanderous. That is, that is a little extreme. I just said I, I really hope that we don't sign him permanently.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, shot right at his character and personality.
1: <laughs> yeah, ba- ba- Basically, I'm just you know pulling up all the dirt I can on him and sending it directly to SW6. That's that's what's happening.
3: I'm in the same boat. I, I don't see a... Um, I don't see it necessarily a, a fit for him. Um, now, obviously, this depends on a lot of different things, which is the system, the manager, you know, maybe maybe there's a side of his game that we haven't seen yet, but I haven't seen enough this year to convince me that he needs to be a part of the team moving forward and certainly not as a make-weight for Hazard to go. Like, he's just not that valuable um to you know to think this side um to to decrease the fee that we would get from hazard i mean if he's going to go we need to get every single extra pound that we can mike out of out of uh, Eden Hazard's transfer fee and then, uh, you know, just I think end this loan spell for Kovacic.
2: Yeah, this just points to our humongous need for a director of football. We need somebody who has a multi-year plan for how we're going to weave together transfers and how it's going to work with the manager and because otherwise we're just taking, you know, multi-million dollar pot shots at players and it's just not going to work and we're going to waste Eden's money and everything else and kind of still be where we're at with just mediocre talent.
0: What about for squad depth? I mean, you've got Drinkwater. I mean, you've got potentially Ampedue.
2: Well, here's the deal. Right, a squad depth, yes. Would I keep him as a player for squad depth? Of course I would. But again, I would keep him at maybe 20 million or 30, not 40 or 50 million. So <laughs> it it's really a difficult, you know, it's what Madrid want for him and if we're if we're losing half of our our fee for uh, hazard for for Kovacic, then it's it's no deal. I mean,
1: the, the thing is, like we've overpaid for squad players, and that mistake that we've made time and time again has come home to roost. And ultimately, to continue to do that when we do have talent waiting in the wings who could benefit from those minutes, and I, you know, I think there's an odd case to be made that. We have players where we see them perform in the championship and we say, oh, they need a Premier League loan because they're not going to get the minutes here at Chelsea. And now we're back in the Champions League. We got to the final of the Europa League this season. We got to another cup final. The minutes are there. And if Mauricio Sari is the manager and he is true to his word that he's going to expand out from this core group of 14 that he worked with this last season, there should... Nick be minutes for some of these young players like a Mason Mount, like a Reese James who are coming in. And the worst thing that we could do is sign on these players at 20, 30 million that don't actually improve the team anywhere but where we are today, and instead save that money invested in someone who's 100 million pounds that immediately makes a gaping need for the team better and give these young players a chance to Acclimate in the right way.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, if it's a Malinkovic Malinko, Malinko, Savage or someone who would be a dynamic midfield option for us or a Nicholas Pepe or, or whatever, you, you could kind of identify for yourself who you think the best kind of fits for this team are. But yeah, like if it if Kovacic going means that Mason Mount or Ruben or any of these guys have a chance to, you know, kind of get their feet wet in the league next year, then, you know, I say you know, let's go. Um, especially for the wages. I mean, you would assume that Ruben and um and Mason's wages would I pretty much make up <laughs> what Kovacic is on right now. So, I uh, yeah, there's just a ton of reasons that you wouldn't extend Kovacic's loan, but um, you know, I think then you you start to have to piece together you know, the the depth in the positions that we need. I mean, Kovacic is the backup technically for Jorginho if he got hurt. So, you know, you'd have to kind of fill that role differently. But, you know, it's just too many variables right now to go through all the scenarios, Brandon.
0: Right. I still think uh, he has a lot of value. Obviously, price determines a lot um, because he has so much experience. He's highly technical. You know, you're talking about you don't really have a huge bench. I mean, you're looking at Kovacic and Barkley are the only two that really played. And they're very... Very different players. And Ruben might actually fill the Barkley gap because Barkley gave us goals at the beginning of the season. He was an attacking injection. Ruben's doing all of that. So we might have just solved that problem completely. If you think about it, Ruben literally displaced two full-time professionals alone. So well done, Ruben. You're the best. All right, from Jeremiah, whose name is not Jeremiah. He says, what do you guys all think of the championship playoff so far? So far, a plus for JT and a not so great result for Lampard. Dan, I'm pretty sure this one uh, is right up your alley as you were glued to the TV yesterday.
1: Well, I was glued enough to the fact that Darby and Frank and Jody and Mason and Tamori all got robbed of a very clear penalty, which should have had things level heading back to Leeds to play the second half of the tie. So that is quite unfortunate. But uh, yeah, I, I actually think I would kind of be okay, Mike, if Frank and JT aren't going head to head, because it's going to make me really, really. it's going to be really tough to root for them. Like obviously it'd be great for all of our youngsters and our former players who now are managers to get an opportunity to, to show just how amazing they are. But yeah, I just, it, it's going to be tough if it's Villa versus Darby. I mean, it looks like it will be Villa versus Leeds at the moment. And uh, hopefully, uh, Tammy helps bring Asa Villa back up. I
2: mean, one goal is not too much to overcome, but uh, selfishly, it uh, is when um, you're spying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd you know a lot about that, right, right Dan? Um, home of Spygate, that's where we're headed.
0: Hey, yep, way to bring it, it back it's to sure Boston.
3: There it is. Nice. Uh, <laughs> no, selfishly,
2: I would want uh, I would want Darby to stay in the championship. I think the ability for us to have some of our younger players be continued to coached and mentored under Frank and Jody, um, and still play at a very high level for another year, uh, I would take that over. You know, potentially seeing a club um, get promoted and then effectively dump some of the younger pieces um, in attempt to stay up. Uh, is that our
0: new Vitesse? is that what you're saying
2: i think it could be i think it could be better off um i think the really you know just to start, you know speaking of young players i think the scary thing for us is that i think everything that that dan and nick said is correct about like wanting to give youth a chance my, my only worry is that
0: <clears throat>
2: this may be our last window to buy anyone for two for two years and
0: one season well for for a year. one season yeah, two that. windows Two windows, yep. yeah. Okay, I thought it was yep. four windows. But, all right, so not as bad. Um I still, yeah. Two years would be a death sentence. I mean, if you think about it, <laughs> it'd be like SMU football. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I agree. I think we need to start. If we're losing a $100 million player, then we need to bring in a $100 million player.
1: Coutinho. Yeah. Oh, God, no. Please, please no. no. Like, that's I. You say that name, and all I want to do is just nope. find whoever started that rumor and put it under the ground and bury it. W-
2: Williams agent. Ah,
1: uh, oh, you are a very mean person. <laughs>
2: Look, we're going to get 50 or 60 mil plus Malcolm. You know, it's it's yeah. a real rumor. Gosh. <laughs> right?
1: now, I, I, if you watch... The best Coutinho, PR this year. If you watch Coutinho for, you know, in the champion uh champions league like which he is you know is playing more of the left wing role which is i would imagine where we would be looking to play him he does not look like the type of player that we need to be bringing in to help elevate this side and yeah you know, i think as we talk about what happens in the summer if we are able to register players we're only gonna bring in my guess like four or five maximum because we still operate on the one in one out and while we'll definitely send a lot of people out, some of that's going to be replaced by the academy individuals who are impressing, the youth who are impressing. So even if we lose eight, nine players out of what is our starting you know, 24, 25 right now, that still means that we're, we're going to sign some, but we won't sign a ton of players. I mean, I, if we had to take a stab in the dark right now, like just – Anyone think we would sign more than four or five? Like I think, I think like the absolute maximum we would sign,
2: unless we have our shit together and we're p- signing players. I'm going to
0: stop you there,
1: Mike. Good,
2: good one. I'm going to stop <laughs> you one. there and go ahead and, and move. We have a, a one a, a one in forty one players out <laughs> policy. <laughs>
1: oh, well done. That that was good. That's good. Yeah, That's good.
2: I thought Coutinho getting pulled against uh, what Liverpool in both Champions League legs. I thought that really illustrates the point that we want him in London next year playing for us.
0: Yeah. Well, look, I think the championship playoffs are uh, exciting for Chelsea just with the number of players and staff, you know, Frank and Jody involved. It's it's just a good thing. Oh, JT, apologies before I get slaughtered on that one. Uh, and, and it's just all around beneficial uh, to have people close to the club and players on loan succeeding at that level because those are high pressure situations i mean tammy took a penalty it converted uh that is a massive weight on your shoulders to do that and he's stepping up and doing great so i think that it's uh it's all all positives as far as as far as the chelsea lens is concerned the next one we have which is a bit of a pivot at Benj Ring C. Serious question about Dave at center back with Rudiger. Discuss. Uh, Mike, no is the answer, but go ahead and struggle with it. Yeah, no and hell no. Um, (sighs) I mean, he's not a center back. I know he's played in a three, but that's different to me. So my problem is we sucked at defending set pieces this season. Why would you put a shorter center back in with Rudiger? And that doesn't solve any problems.
2: Only in a, an aspect, you know. Only in a, a cup final or a situation where somebody's injured. I mean, you know, putting speed back on the right wing uh, with with a player who could actually cross the ball the ball well to someone other than Morata, um, I think, would be hugely beneficial to us. I, I love Dave. I love his heart, um, but unfortunately. Uh, heart only takes you so far it doesn't make you jump any higher and run any faster so um i just don't think that's a strong point for dave
3: um i don't know man like i'm gonna probably take the other side on this i don't uh, after witnessing what we had this year from our center backs and continued mistakes from you know christensen rudiger david louise um, Kale, we didn't obviously see play that much, but I don't know. Dave I, didn't
2: play any better, man. He he uh, had plenty of mistakes. He's he's been out muscled routinely. Uh, it, we are we are hurting in the back.
0: Well, yeah. So I think, I
2: wish Dave was the answer.
0: So Nick, I guess, do you think Dave is a is the right answer or best answer or
3: exploring outside options, whether it be loan or? new signings. I mean, I think if you're looking at the back line, if we keep a four next year, which again, we're just kind of throwing hypotheticals out there. uh, I would put Dave potentially back at left back and, you know, kind of shore up that side of the defense and then maybe bring in someone else because, you know, I worry about Rudiger now with the injury history. Uh, David Luiz is obviously I think had an overall good season, but has had times where he's really gone off the boil. Um, Christensen, I think more people are worried about now than, than they were, you know, a couple of years ago. And then, you know, we still need to kind of fill that fourth spot. I don't know if Ampadu with his size is the right center back option either. So yeah, then you probably Brandon have to go get someone else. And it's like, man, if you could just find one or two really really solid guys then you know you wouldn't have to buy five of them but that's a, yeah and that's definitely
0: always the the dream on that one you know i I always get stuck kind of in between the two I think I think we need another center back it's kind of crazy how much we fought for Dan I mean you really did a lot with Christensen to get him back in the fold he could be a great ball playing center back under Mauricio sorry system are you still really high up? On Christensen, or do you think that, or, or is his stock falling at all for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think in general, the whole defense, when you think about Undersari, you know, 13th out of 16th place for goals conceded, you know, in a Chelsea side. So under Roman Abramovich, so 16 seasons, they were the 13th most goals conceded by any Chelsea side, which is a lot. And you also have to think there was the Mourinho second spell conundrum season that is also included in that. Um, I, I would love to say that he can return to form and I we have seen really great moments from him. I would hope that he gets an opportunity to try to show us that he's capable of that. I mean, he would be, I think, the true heir to do what Louise has done and needs to probably be partnered with a faster and more physical I think tall and muscular center back and you know that could be a lot of different people but I think from a pairing perspective we've seen you know to Mike's point a lot of times that our center backs or defenders have kind of been bossed boss around this season and that has not always been a great look maybe not necessarily always been fast enough and that area is more aged than some of the areas outside of the you know, the, the front three is, is, you know, second most aged out of the three areas. So uh, ripe for review, ripe for renew, and uh, ripe for some injection of uh, pace and speed. And I also think some of the technical acumen too. Yeah, you, know, you look at Emerson and Alonso, uh, not always the most technically sound on the left hand side. And all of these things, again, we're, picking nits now because the season is essentially over in the Premier League and we can start to kind of pull back and be very honest about where the opportunity was and where the failure, you know, where there was success. Uh, I think the defense was okay, but had a lot of opportunity to to be better, Nick. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole
3: team. <laughs> you know, it's just, you, you kind of look at, you know, every position on the field that outside of Eden Hazard and, and maybe N'Golo, And, you know, I think there's, there's a lot, a lot that we have to, you know, I think shore up and fix. And that's why the, the launch pad question that we took at the beginning of this episode is so precarious to me because yeah, we finished third, but we didn't finish third because we won it outright. We finished third because everyone else failed. Um, and it just feels, it feels kind of empty to me right now. Like I'm obviously happy that we're, going to be playing in the champions league next year. Like we had our celebratory episode last week, but Brandon, this is a very intense period that Chelsea is about to go under, not only with the final ahead, but with a summer of uncertainty and you know, they, they have to do a really, really great job if they want to be in the champions league the following year, uh, because everybody else will get better this summer. And you know, I, I, think the fear that we've had all along is that we're we're not trending up yeah i hear (laughs) you and that is the
0: concern uh right well thank gosh for that i mean bare minimums realistically this season uh i love christensen's poise i love his uh, the way he reads the game um but the premier league man you got to be tough like you got to be a little bit nasty a little bit mean he just doesn't have an in him Obviously, Otamendi at City does it. Company does it. But they also have Laporte, who is very much kind of of the same elk as, um, as Christensen. So it's not impossible. The same,
3: the same elk. Ilk. <laughs> elk. He's an elk. Elk. Oh, my. It's elk. And how how, how divide it. I know. I'm just making, I'm making fun of him, obviously. Uh, He's a northerner with those elk up there. Yeah.
0: Well, there are. But anyways, yeah. we'll have to see how, Brandon, the,
1: Brandon from beyond how the, wall. the
0: defense hairs down it, it'll be a huge i think to me uh, a huge point of contention and then um or a huge point for the, the club to solve obviously they've made one point of solving it by signing david Luiz to a contract extension so there's always that to play into it but um go ahead we just have to
2: destroy and and kill zonal marking and maybe we will uh boost our defense that way too
0: you think sorry if he's still here will change from zonal marking next season ah no I, I don't know i would love
2: uh i'll research this for the next pod or so but i would love to see how many of those goals conceded came off of set pieces
0: look nick the problem is there's stats to back it up i am more
3: interested on his reasoning for doing it well, I, because well it because it's worked for him in the past i mean just like anything else that he's done this year i mean it's been a lot of square pegs, round holes. And, you know, the, the overall playing style of the team while there have been, you know, obviously while the mission was accomplished and there have been very, you know, some, the Rubens and the Eden Hazards and the, uh, you know, the Kalamots and Adois of the world, those performances trended upward this year. Uh, a lot of other players stayed the same or got worse and, you know, if you're going to commit to sorry, you have to bring in people that he can use. So you'd hope that Pulisic is one of those guys. Otherwise what's the point, Um, you know, or you get a different manager and they utilize the the talent differently. It's no one knows. That's why like, I'm really struggling to like give you guys any sort of like real thing to talk about because I don't know. And it's, it kind of feels like the, You know, kind of the the chicken and the egg philosophy
0: right now. Oh, most definitely. Um, Well, let's wrap up with a fun one that we all can answer because it is completely unopinion. Will Bleeds Blue on Discord literally just joined, snuck his question in. Uh, So well done. He says, assuming we can't buy anyone next year, would you recall Tammy Abraham or Mishi Batshuayi home to help as a striker? Both seem to be in better form than Iguain at the moment. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) Uh, also interested in potentially playing Pulisic as a false nine. The way he tacked a six-yard box this header over the weekend is something we need. So let's go around the horn. You have to choose only one. You've got Tammy Abraham or mishi Bashawai. Dan, uh, let's go ahead and kick it off with you. Next season transfer ban in place. Who are you going to put all your eggs in their basket?
1: I'm taking Tammy. Really easy, easy answer. You know, I think he has shown his ability to be prolific under a couple different styles of managers. I know that the Swansea experiment with Tammy Abraham did not go well, but that side was also <laughs> that whole team's just experiment awful. didn't go that, well. <laughs> that that was awful. It was a terrible, terrible side. Clement did him no favors. He got extremely little service, and yet he still managed to score in that system. You know, I think again, we're also under the assumption that Eden Hazard is going to leave as long as Real Madrid and Chelsea agree to a fee, we're going to change the way we play up front. It's not going to be the Eden Hazard show plus a striker that doesn't get serviced because everybody defers to getting Hazard the ball ball and hoping everything works out okay. So I think ultimately we're going to have to change a little bit about the style that we attempt to play at the front just as much as we do at the back and with things like zonal marking. So yeah, Tammy for me all day. All right. Mike,
2: the Tammy. No. That's, oh, that's it's not right. hard. M- Mishi has the same amount of goals as Iguain does in the Premier League this year. So, uh, Tammy's, I think Tammy has earned an opportunity. Mishi's had the chance. He's been there. I don't believe he is the striker that we need. And I hope, I hope if we if we struggle again up top next year that <clears throat> we are bringing him up.
3: Nick, are you just going to make this impossible for me and go Tammy as well? No, I'm not. Um, I, I, I think there is a, an interesting scenario, um, for Mishi, depending on who is playing up front, because we saw glimpses that that he can do something in the premier league. Um, not always consistently. And, and certainly under Conte's system was not, you know, kind of a 20 goal season striker, but I mean, we haven't had one of those since Costa left. So, uh, if you're able to bungle over 12, you know, 13 goals in the league and, and interchange, which I think he did a really good job of, of passing towards the end of his uh, like second half season here. (laughs) Um, Then, then maybe there's a a job to be done there. I mean, the, the leap up, you know, my, my only counter is I, I love Tammy. I think he's, you know, well within his right to come to Chelsea next year, but I think the leap up from the Championship to the Premier League is one that shouldn't be underestimated. And he's not the most physical guy yet; uh, he's he still has to kind of, I think, uh, work on you know some of the strength um, that he'll need to to combat the Van Dykes of the world in the in the Premier League. So um, Mishi's kind of already physically matured, and I think is is potentially a guy who could do something for us. Brandon, but I mean, I'm not super confident in either one, to be honest. Well, you
0: can't use Van Dyke as a litmus test because apparently the greatest player in the world, Messi, can't even get out of his back pocket. So what I think, yeah, yeah. player of the season, right? Um, what I think about this striker is I think Tammy is back on solid ground. I think he needs to come do it in the Premier League for a season because he's still young. I talked a lot about this with striker's mentality with Marata, If if Tammy gets in another bad situation, now you're starting to talk about loss of confidence. Maybe gets out of form. I think he needs to, to have less pressure in the Premier League at a mid-table side or something like that. And I think he can survive and thrive. Because of that, I think I want Mishi to come back because he's been unbelievably resilient. This guy's had so he scored at Dortmund. Uh he didn't get a chance to score in Spain. He scored in League One. He's scored in the Premier League with multiple different teams. Even you know had a brace today. I think that because he's still found success in so many different systems and countries, to me that that shows that he's consistent. And I tell you what, I would take twelve goals consistently over this Iguain Giroud up down hot. You know, like no productivity. And so, because Mishi has just had been able to come through of all this adversity and still be able to find happiness and score, I think that he would be better suited to come into Chelsea next season than Tammy. I think Tammy just has one more step.
1: So that's where I'm at. The the only counter to that is if you're saying Tammy isn't good enough next season, let's just play this out and let's say Miso sorry does the unthinkable and actually makes it to his third year. So Tammy's coming in a year two two years from now, two summers from now, as we've learned, Messi sorry takes a long time for players to trust. So let's say it's another half a season before he becomes a regular contributor on the side. Like at, at that point, we should loan with option to sell. Like I mean, it's just you know, we're we're holding on and hoarding on a talent in the hopes that eventually it comes through at some point, but you know, I I generally think that what we've seen with Callum, what we've seen with Ruben is that if you can convince whether through injury or situation that you are capable of playing the style of football that this manager wants to play, that those cameo appearances can lead to the right type of starts. And I think that Tammy has shown that he has the ability and the tenacity to go and attack at the way that would make that opportunity his. And I think we all would be very excited to see that.
3: I, I hope he gets a chance. I do. I like, I, I, I like Tammy. I love his attitude. I think that he has, you know, kind of all the right makeup to to do it. I I worry, you know, because he doesn't, you know, he hasn't really made that leap successfully yet. That he he might not find a ton of joy at Chelsea next season. But you know, so be it. I guess. I mean, it, it also probably couldn't hurt him to to get some of those substituted appearances and play in the League Cup and play in the FA Cup and and see if he does. I mean, he could pull a Harry Kane. Think, Never know. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Like, either one would be fine. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I think they both kind of are, you know, have fan favorite type of vibes about them, honestly. I think, you know, Mishi, people forget that Mishi was everyone's favorite tweeter <laughs> two years ago. Like, Oh, I haven't. He, they both have the personality to make it. And, and let's just hope that they uh, they both kind of show themselves in the preseason. Absolutely. Let, right. Let's
2: be honest. It's, it's not like Mishi's blown it away. I mean, Abraham had five goals for Swansea. Mishi's had five goals this year.
0: For Palace? Yeah,
2: for Palace. That's Higuain's had five goals. Yeah, he's had five goals as well. Giroud's had five goals in two years. I mean, we're not killing it anywhere. So I don't think that Mishi has been any more successful, in my opinion. Like, if anything, he's shown that, there are not a lot of teams that want to have him around long term.
0: Anyways, I think we should wrap it with this one. But again, as always, we will continue the discussion on Discord and social media. So find us there. Let us know what you think, Abraham or Murata. No, I'm just kidding. I I didn't mean it. Abraham or Murata is long gone. Uh, but anyways, that'll wrap it up. So if again, if you're in Boston for the match, let's let's hang out. Find us. We'll be at the Banshee. We'll be at the match uh, for all the fun festivities. For the rest of you, uh, we will continue to stay connected digitally. Um, But again, thank you for listening. Thank you for all of your questions. This is such a fun segment for us, mainly because we don't have to do any of the work. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Honestly, keep the conversation going with this. Uh, But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue
3: flag flying high.